So my time is yours. Whatever, however you want to do it, whatever you want to talk about, you want to, whatever, man. I'm here. Well, we usually, I'm, we, usually I'm yours. we usually banter at the top of the show. So yep, I, yep. I'll, I'll ask I'll ask the, the the question that I ask everybody who shows up. How's your quarantine been going? Jeez. Huh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well and poorly at the same time. I mean, that's the answer for everyone, right? I mean, I yeah. feel like I'm. I'm I'm lucky that I can and do work from home. So, I mean, that transitioned over pretty easily, but I mean, the world's on fire. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I um so I First of all, I see because I see you've been making a lot more content. It's funny. So I I, I used to do a, a Power Rangers site and show, and was very much modeled after like we my my stated goal was I want to be the I think it was still <laughs> Dazenshu X at the time, was, but I, yeah, I yeah. want to be the Konzenshu or, or Dazenshu X for Power Rangers. I love hearing um, that. And we we tried our best. We didn't really last. I mean, we're still like we still have episodes on the internet, but like I. I, I like your site was a model for it's 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 I think the perfect fan site like you it's got you, the integrity of news and like like you you care in a way that you don't need to <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's not necessary every day <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but but it's it's it what it's what makes it like recommendable like I, I don't recommend anything that's not of this quality in anything like in any other site there's there's massive publications for like comic books and news yeah that sure, i'm not sure. gonna name but i'm right. like there's no integrity of anything in this they just it's just all about the clicks and you know it's i that's never happened on your site which is why i have been such a fan for 13 14 years um thank you so much that that means a lot because that's the kind of thing i mean i the articles i have even written lately is no one no one cares about this no one's gonna read this i mean i'm talking about <laughs> spin-off series that predate the dragon ball super stuff that like no one cares about that stuff at all but yeah. i find it interesting and like there's an angle for me in there and i can write about it and it's not documented anywhere and i go to look up certain things on uh, let's say other sites or other wikis or other documentation projects i'm like you got the name of the magazine wrong like the first sentence of the article (laughs) we can do better but i will say on on the negative side of that same coin of of being so inspired by you is that there was there was a point in time and and even now but like er, early early on it was uh, your podcast was every single week like without fail every single week and then there got to a point of everything (laughs) right right uh and then but then they got to a point where it was just like Eh, maybe we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. Eh, mm-hmm. Maybe we haven't recorded in a couple of months. Yeah, maybe it's been <laughs> six months. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> which, which again, in quarantine, you got a lot more time to create content than you than you might have had before. So, some of that's uh, it's up and down, and a lot of yeah. it really is we we've bit off more than we can chew trying to do this wiki. And right. even though we have other editors, I mean, Heath is doing a lot of support on the back end side of things, and he's also redesigning the entire website right now. So that takes away from producing content. Hashtag right. content. Hashtag join the conversation. And I, me too. Like I, I was trying to write and, and really produce a lot of what I felt were like the backbone kind of articles, the kinds of things I want other people to work on. And then I go down my own rabbit holes of things. Like I have an incredible amount of stuff that I've done that 
no one can see. It looks for from the outside like nothing's going on. So I'm really trying to pull back from that kind of stuff. And all right, I want the podcast to be a little more regular again. I want the news to be a little more regular again. I'm glad the news isn't heavy right now because it means I don't have to do a lot of that stuff. Uh, and, and Julian's doing professional translation work for his living now. So that takes away from the honestly the the drive and the desire to do it on the fan side of things. Right. But he still does it anyway because we really care about doing that stuff. So it's just we're, we're in a tough position right now of trying to find Find that right balance for stuff while also navigating the fact that the world is on fire. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, so so um, I've been using quarantine uh, in a way to show my parents the MCU movies, uh-huh. um, and uh, and we're we're actually almost to the present, uh, and <laughs> l- legitimately. So it, it's it's weird actually that at the at at the end of Captain America: Civil War, Ant Man like goes into uh house arrest yeah, yeah. and he's basically in quarantine like right, right. He's, you know which is i mean house arrest quarantine same thing uh, and legitimately like no joke he makes a thousand paper cranes Helicopters, and welcome to this episode of Motion City Podcast. I'm Naim Siddiqui. Joining me, as always, Jacob Walden. How's it going, Jake? Good. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> There's nothing from the song I can pull. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, also, that voice you heard, uh, we may I don't know if it dropped in anywhere that it made sense, but it is Mike Labrie. How's it going, Mike? It's great. Hello, fellow helicopters, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you might know Mike f- uh, from his Dragon Ball fan site, Konzenshu. I If there's crossover, honestly, I would be willing to wager that uh, when you retweet this, we're going to get more people than we're going to send to you. So <laughs> I hope so. I, I want to do whatever I can. <laughs> That's, that seems Thank most you. likely. But... Uh, uh, Oh God, now I, again, I don't know. I don't know how I edited it together at this point, but um, <laughs> I, I've mentioned on the show before that uh, I st- started listening to Motion City soundtrack because of a podcast I listened to, and Mike was the co-host of that podcast and the one who brought Motion City to the show. And in fact, actually, it was My Dinosaur Life, which you were not a fan of in 2010. Have you? Has your thoughts changed on My Dinosaur Life, or are you still not a huge fan? I don't remember what I said about it. It's been a long time. <laughs> I don't, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> no, many podcasts I've done the last you, decade. Yeah, you, don't, on, you don't go back and listen to that show like I go back and listen to that show. <laughs> I, I, all right. So I don't remember what I said, but I, I guess I would say I've probably come around more on it. Uh, yeah. It takes more time. I mean, that's the tough thing about reviewing something. It was probably real new when we uh, recorded that reviews. Yeah, I, I brought that to the table. I really wanted to throw something from, from my wheelhouse into uh, the... Uh, lo-fi there with Jeff. Um, and, and it's tough. It, things really grow on you over time. I mean, there's a lot of albums, uh, I think, to something like In Reverie from Saves a Day and On a Wire from the Get Up Kids that were uh, notoriously disliked by fandom, if you want to call it that, including myself at the time. Now you go back and listen to it like, oh, no, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. We were all wrong. Sorry. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it was it's it's funny because listening to Low Fidelity, like I would listen to the show and I would use it a lot for music discovery as much as I could. Um, just like you know, what, I mean, it was 2010, right? So there's no Spotify at yeah, the time. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know the stuff Jeff's talking about, so I can't help you on those things. <laughs> well, no, that, 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 that's what I'm saying too. So it was it was a lot of like. I, I didn't know what, what either of you were talking about. So I would go through and I'd listen to the to the albums and, and the records and it just it seemed that every single time I like yeah, I guess I like what Jeff is bringing to the table, but every time it was, oh, I really like what Mike's bringing to the table. <laughs> so, <laughs> good, good. I, so, I have one fan. <laughs> yeah, <you>. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so like that, it was Motion City, it was Saves the Day, it was like, that's like, that is, you know, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as big of a Saves the Day fan, um, but I still listen to, um, oh man, what's the record called? Uh, the, the one without your funeral, that's the one you brought to the table. Uh, stay what you are. Say what you are. Thank you. Yes. Uh, like that, that's the one record I still listen to because I was introduced to that record in 2010 at the age of 15 when you're oh, learning man. what music is for the first time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little imprint on you for sure. Yeah, yeah. So like it's 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 funny that basically the stuff that I listened to when I was 17 is not that far off from the stuff you listened to when you were 17 because I was listening to it because you listened to it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that and Blink-182 because my brother was a Blink-182 fan. I am, um, I mean, I go back to Cheshire Cat. I, I am yeah. through and through a Blink fan. I remain a Blink fan into today's stuff. Uh, there, there's something about Blink that I, I feel like, I don't know, Mark Hoppus is just like a good dad, right? I, I right, feel I like know, right? <laughs> he, he, uh, even though the material doesn't resonate with me anymore, and it's weird to hear that kind of material coming out of Mark and, and now Matt as well. I don't know. It still works for me. Something about it. It's 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 especially weird, like seeing a modern like a modern show of Mark singing "What's My Age Again." Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're 46 years old, man. <laughs> like this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about the song we're here to talk about. A thousand sure. paper cranes. Uh, Mike. So when when I came to you, I said I I wanted to give you the choice of what song to pick. Uh, yep. Since I know you're such a big fan, why why did you go with a thousand paper cranes in particular? Because I got to be the person that's like, I'm going to choose the B side. That's that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's, 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 yeah. that's a Mike move right there. <laughs> no, it's also. All right, so this is the kind of song, and I'm sure you're going to talk about its history a little bit. I mean, it dates back to 2000. I mean, right. It's a it's a pretty old song of theirs. This is the kind of song that I was discovering when I was in high school, and I was first discovering the scene. Uh, whether I have a lot of Midwestern emo in my DNA, even though I've never lived in the Midwest, but that was just like the scene I discovered. And um, post-hardcore stuff like Texas is a reason, um, Sunday Day Real Estate, and the Getup Kids were like my early holy trinity of music discovery. And then Blink, and kind of offshooting off, off after that, going in totally different direction. But just that like real loud, abrasive sound. Um, and it's almost like Pixies Nirvana style. I was talking with Jeff, my I say my co-host. I'm really his co-host on Low Fidelity. <laughs> I'm like, you know, listen to the song. Is there anything you can pull out of this for me that I can bring to the table here? He's like, well, you know, it's kind of a a, a quiet, loud, quiet, loud. That's a, a Pixies Nirvana kind of thing. And that's, that's what I was hearing a lot um, back in my earliest emo days. And so it really reminded me a lot of that. And when you look at who some of um, the influences on Motion City are, you you're going to see a lot of that in there. And so it just, it had that kind of, even though I didn't hear it until 2003, um, maybe even a little bit later, whenever the Atticus compilation came out, um, it, it just like reminded me of that era. It was like a fake nostalgia going back a few years for that era. Uh, and so I've always just really appreciated the song for that reason. 
It's funny because um, uh, Alex Payet, who we've had on the show, is, is a big emo kid from that era, uh, too. He's He was born mm-hmm. in 85, so not a lot younger than you. So, yeah, like, yeah. same same kind of stuff. Um, and he, he wasn't particularly a Motion City fan, but he was a big, like, get up kids and saves the day and, and like, that stuff. So uh, when we had him on the show, we sent him a list of, of tracks, and he said the same thing, that he sort of, like, he didn't have the actual nostalgia that you have for, for these tracks, but he yeah. had, like, a, a nostalgia, like, it, it brought him back to that era, even though he didn't, he hadn't heard the tracks before. Mm-hmm. He was like, it still, it still gives him a nostalgia for that era. So it, it's, it's, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, just to sort of bring it over to one of my other things that I do. That that's the way that they make Dragon Quest video games in Japan. Yeah. Yuji Hori, the, the way he produces those games. I didn't play a Dragon Quest until eight or nine, and when I played those games, I felt like I was playing a Nintendo, a Famicom Dragon Quest game. Like it just felt like from that era and it's part of, you know, the sound effects, but also the writing style and the composition style of the stories. Uh, this kind of song just felt like I was listening to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm listening to Braid. I'm listening to, um, who else am I listening to at that time? Obviously Texas is a reason, just all those other bands that we can kind of get into. Uh, Jake, you've, uh, you've been a little quiet. Uh, what, um, I you I know you've been listening to the song a lot. How much how much did you hear hear the song before? Because obviously, like I, I know I know you listen to a lot on streaming, and it's this is a song that's hard to find on a streaming. Like you can listen to it on YouTube. You know, like I I have the record, but it's a tough song to find on like on a streaming service. So it's 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 hard to listen to a thousand paper cranes without specifically thinking I want to go listen to a thousand paper cranes right now. Um. So, what was your familiarity with the song, like level with the song, Jake? Before that, because mine was very little as well. Like, I, I've I've heard the song, I've listened to the song, but it's it's a song that, like, again, you have to seek out to hear. So, and I wasn't really seeking it out a whole lot. Um, so, I think when you and I first started talking about doing this podcast, I like just went through the discography several times. Yeah, um, like we compiled the list in the, or, you know, we have a we have a Google spreadsheet that has all of the songs on it and listen through it that way. If it ever played on Pandora, Pandora for a long time was the, was the primary way. Like I have a motion city soundtrack station on Pandora. So if it played on Pandora, that's what I could say. I listened to it, but I don't remember hearing it um, until like the last six months. And now over the last week, I've been listening to it again and again and again and again and again. And not just because we're going to talk about it, but I just, like the more I listen to it, the more I have wanted to keep listening to it. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. Cause I, so I was listening to like sort of back and forth the um, Future Freaks Me Out, because it was a B side of the Future Freaks Me Out single, as well as a bonus track on yeah, I Am the Movie. Yeah. Um, and so I was listening to like that version and then back to back with the Kids for America version, just like, you know, pick out differences, yeah. see, what, see what's just sort of, you know, here and there with it. Um, and yeah, it, it was just like, I don't know. I I don't know how much of it was me like I need to listen to this for the show, and how much of it was me just like I want to keep listening to this fucking song. Like it's just a good. It's just a good song. Um, like it, it just and it has all the hallmarks. Uh, I mean, you you tweeted today, Mike, about the <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the little little drum fill into the yeah, yeah like yeah. which is it's just it's such a it's such a killer moment. And in it fact, is. it's like I. It's different from the Kids for America version. The Kids for America version isn't as good to me. No, like it's a real rough version of the song. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 differences, but like specifically that moment, like that mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. there the the there's not like there's like a like a half maybe like a quarter note rest 
uh, or like an eighth note rest in the in the I yep. the movie version. Yep, yep. And the, that's not really there in the Kids for America version, and you need that. Like that's necessary for the song. It feels like it. It, it just it makes it that much better. And I'm wondering if that's you know because the Kids for America version was without Tony, and the end movie version was with Tony. And I'm wondering if like that's the difference. Is is he came in and was like, hey, what if we did this here? Because as you know, as the drummer, like that's a decision the drummer makes right. for the drum part. So I I like I wonder if that's what happened because that's like it, it is a, a clear distinct difference. Um, and you're right, the, the, the Kids for America version sounds just less produced, which is funny because the on the movie version sounds like. I, we keep saying rough and that's that's the, the the word i want to use here it sounds rough and it sounds it sounds early right it sounds like it does but but it's really slickly produced at the same time no, for sure and, yeah and i i do want to talk about the production a little bit too because ed rose is also in my dna as a get up kids fan yeah right of course yeah. <laughs> but you're totally right i mean like it's mm, the, the original version is just like a rough demo-ish sounding song and of course it is and the i let's just call it the i am the movie version is sure still it feels like I am the movie and we're not at, you know, Hoppus production or anything like right. that yet, but it still feels clean while also having, I don't know, abrasive is the only way I can describe it. And it's, it's mostly in the vocals, right? Yeah. No, it, it it's, it's interesting how different the vocals are. Cause obviously it's still Justin from yeah, yeah. the kids for America version to the end movie version, but like it's, it's, it's fascinating how different like he even sings it because like even going to the yeah. live versions um that like he sings it the way he sings it there mm -hmm. and it's just it's so significantly different from the kids for america version you know i mean some some points are obviously the same but like the chorus the chorus is sung just like just this much differently right mm -hmm. like just like it's like it's like a notch differently but it, it changes the whole sort of complexion of the song yeah, there's. I feel like there's a lot of songs like this. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the band Midtown. I'm from New Jersey, so if there's a band that played in New Brunswick in New Jersey, I'm a fan of them. This is how it goes. Um, and, and when I was following Midtown there from their their earliest days, they put up a lot of their um, pre-production demos on MP3.com. That was a site that existed back then. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-MySpace and everything. And so I still have a lot of original versions of songs before production. And then they actually re-recorded uh, a couple songs. Uh, there's one song in particular, Faulty Foundation, that ended up on their second full length. Um, and just the production differences between each. And it's like, well, the original version's a fun curiosity, but I, I can't really listen to it anymore because I see what the, the true potential, the true final vision was for this song. Maybe they didn't know it at the time, but like, no, th this really is what that song was supposed to be all along. And it's like, yep, there it is right there. Yeah, uh, let me let me play real quick uh, a quick moment from uh, the original uh, Kiss for America version here. Uh, just can pick out a little bit of that difference that I'm yeah. talking about. There's also a kind of a bit of that sort of, I don't know, like sounds a little bit like Justin's trying to sound like other singers and not just his own uh -huh. voice. Yeah. Um, which, which, you know, gets a lot of, you, you, I mean, you hear that a lot of like bands, early records where they, where they're like trying to sound like the bands that inspire them instead of just sounding like themselves. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think you hear that a lot in, in those vocals there. 
And, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the, the I Am The Movie version. Do, do they do... I feel like I've listened to this so much, I should know it. The song, <laughs> I know this song so well. But do they do the, like, backed away from the microphone kind of delivery, too, and also um, double-tracked vocals on it at that exact same point in the song? So I feel uh, like that separates it, and that's also, like, a trope of the era as well. Yeah, they, they definitely do the doubled-up vocals, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think you have made this point before. I think you made this point 10 years ago on that Low Fidelity episode <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that one thing that works really well about Motion City sometimes is is the, like, everything is a little bit clean, but a little bit rough in, like, a little bit dirty in the in the background, you know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, so, and so that with that sort of double up vocal thing, right, That that's sort of a, a cleaner trick, mm-hmm. but like then the backing from the microphone yelling type thing is a little bit rougher and dirtier. Yeah. Um, and it just works together like that. Yeah. I did, it is interesting to me how different the kids for America version is like, like that really is like a form of singing that I think, I think you never encounter anything close to it. Like the, like the chorus, whatever that, whatever that like, voice the 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 two voices singing whatever he's doing there it's so like the first time i heard this i was i was so caught off guard since i since i heard it after the i'm the movie version like what is this i i i I like i i think i like it but it's so strange not bad strange but just it's very different i mean I, i i i like both versions uh I do prefer the Iron movie version, and it, it, it also like works. I, I, I feel uh, what comes in uh, in the track listing for Kids for America before it. I'm forgetting now. Um, I'll pull up the Discogs. Oh, Fourth of December comes right before it because it's it's the last track on Kids for America. It's it's actually it's really weird on Iron the movie because on the record it comes at the end of side A mm. uh, instead of at the end of side B, which I find very odd. Um, so, but I like it coming after AOK because I mean I really like AOK as an ending to the to the record, and then you know I I think that that's what works best for like a record B side of you still need to end the record, but then sort of leave you wanting more in a different way, um, which I mean by the fact that we kept replaying this song I think that's yeah. what what it did. Yeah, I I love it, but it's definitely a B side. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It, there's there's other B sides. Like we've talked about the B sides on on Go, which I think some of which are better than some of the album tracks. Mm. But this is definitely a track that's like the, like this and Invisible Monsters are like they're tracks that are yeah. like yeah, I, I like this track, but like I I don't know where it would go into an album. <laughs> like yeah, I, I like it more than Invisible Monsters for sure. Uh, I, sure. I feel like it really does fit with. It's such a strange song. Like it, it, it could go in between. I feel like any album. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why it's a perfect B side to end an album. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, but it is one of those things too, where like, like I mean, it, it couldn't go into like even if it kills me. You know, like it's it's so yeah, yeah. Like there's there's such a I mean, there's, even if it kills me, such a polished album. <laughs> like it's it's such a it's more power pop than pop punk and then mm-hmm. emo, mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is one of the things I love about that that album. Um, but it is just like it's it, it's one of the things I love about about this band too is that they're able to go from more emo to more pop punk to more power pop, um, and you know, still still have a, a cohesive sound and a, and a cohesive brand. Um, talking anything about the instrumentation yet, Jake? Uh, did, I'm sure you had something on the instrumentation, right? 
I like the I, I, I it's it's just going along with that theme of like this is a song that's different than than so much not not completely set apart I, I I have a I have a list of songs that that it's similar to mostly mostly all night in the movie um, but I like. I, I don't know that I don't know how you what the what the term is to describe how the guitar is being played there, um, but it, it just it, like the singing it feels different than than a lot of other tracks in the discography and I like it. Um, just the just the I, I I guess more than anything it's the everything kind of playing at once, whereas in a lot of their songs you can you can have a, a, you can pretty well hear the the synth. Or a guitar, right? Or something that's really true. Bass. Yeah. Um, and I and I, and I it's different, and I and I, I guess I guess it is because it's different that I like I like the, I like the the break from. Like what I expect from them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there is a lot of that. I, I don't know. It, it, it's very driving guitars. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I don't know. It, um, somebody in uh the mentions on that tweet, Mike said that. They it the that trope the the drum 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 yeah reminded yep. them of my favorite accident which we talked about last episode <laughs> yeah yeah um which just like yeah <laughs> absolutely and we didn't talk enough about it I think that that moment on my favorite accident which is a moment that I love on my favorite accident as well which is also the moment where Jesse does the Moog stand in my favorite accident um but it, it definitely feels like a like a punk jump moment like <laughs> yes yes it's like that emo hardcore sort of sounding thing and the the closest equivalent I was actually able to come up with was um from the early November uh, every night's another story uh where you just get the same kind of thing and drum 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 and it stops and there's not a scream but then it goes into a go 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 kind of like um yeah gang vocal kind of thing um it's like yep that is 2002 2003 right there yeah i mean absolutely there is there is a certain like you don't hear anything like that anymore i mean i guess you don't hear this genre that much anymore. I was gonna say I only um, listen to old music now, so. unless, right? Unless you're seeking it out. But yeah, no, but there's there is something to that to that era because even like if you listen to you know '90s, I don't know. There's some, there's something there's something early aughts about it, like very specifically early mm-hmm. aughts about it that I yeah. 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 Um, let's talk a little bit about the lyrics, uh, like we normally do. There's the song meanings <laughs> this week was. Not good. <laughs> um, there was, there was, there was, nothing there, like, man. There's a little bit, but it was like, there was like very little. Uh, some, like somebody said, I wish this was on an album other than Kids for America. It's like, well, it was a B side on. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> but um, what one thing I noticed? So so Justin tweeted um, th- this week. I don't know. Revealed is the right word, but like pointed out that uh, the lyrics from last night. If you take if you take each sort of section from last night and put it in reverse that's the story like it's it's sort of like a memento you're telling the, sto- the, the story is being told backwards if you flip a bit in reverse that's the, that's the story being told forwards and i think if you sort of do the same thing here excluding the chorus uh you know unclouded and clearly words work themselves back to me she screamed it's all the same that's him getting dumped and then gently to the end with me rolling at your side through denver's cold and frozen eyes i thought i saw you standing there she's not actually there because he's been dumped and then running out of runarounds gently down the stream, how can you make me who I am when I made you who you are, is now that's the end. You're remembering, hold on, I changed your life. How did you change my life so much too? Um, that's what I took from it at least. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of, the, I feel like it's one of the tougher songs. Uh, did you come across the Reddit uh, thread and post about this song? 
I did not. Oh, man. I did more research than you did, dude. (laughs) All right. So Justin even responded about it. I am going to read to you. I'll give you a link to it. Uh, This is, I think it's so good. So first of all, they talk about uh, some other folks like, oh, it sounds like a Nirvana song, something like that. And he goes, trying to be Nirvana? I wish. No, just sucked at singing, but that didn't stop me. (laughs) Really dig this tune. This and Cambridge were the two oldest songs Josh and I had written that actually made a tie in the movie. I always thought of uh, A Thousand Paper Cranes as a really heavy sounding Promise Ring song, but what do I know? Yeah, I was actually, I was like, all right, I'm going to go listen to Promise Ring because I haven't listened to Promise Ring in forever. I'm like, "Mm, all right. Something like Red Paint off of um, 30 Degrees, maybe, and that's 96, so you can kind of see there. But then he goes on. All right. So the song idea came about one night when a friend of mine mentioned her niece who had died of cancer. And we get into that whole story about the thousand paper cranes and the whole idea there is if if you're dying, you know, you have a wish. The goal is if you manage to make a thousand of these, you're going to get a wish granted. And unfortunately, a lot of people pass away before they ultimately get to the thousand. So it goes into that story. Uh, that was the initial idea. Of course, I also work some of my own shit into the song. I always do. But mostly <laughs> but mostly it's just an angry letter to the universe. Yep. I mean, the angry right. comes out. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. there. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, the angry's all there. That's 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 the clearest part of the song. <laughs> it is, it is certainly not happy. Um, I, I, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's it uh, was the first song written along sort of alongside Cambridge, because um, that that I do sort of hear like yeah. which which sort of makes sense too. Also, as, as bookends at, from the uh, Cambridge is the first track. And this is the last track, bonus track type thing of like, yeah, like I, I can I can feel the sort of same sort of feeling, especially like you know, on the same record, like even something like My Favorite Accident or Future Freaks mm-hmm. sound a lot more polished than Cambridge or this song. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. just like in in the writing, uh, which you know, two years apart, three years apart, being written or even more, you know, like I don't, I don't know when they wrote A Thousand Paper Cranes. It was released in two thousand, but um, I can I can totally see like that in it. Um, with the title, obviously, A Thousand Paper Cranes, you know it's coming from that story. Um, yeah, like there's heartbreak, there's regret, there's anger in there for sure. What's interesting too is is the, uh, I don't know, the mention of Denver. Like, I, mm. are there, are there a, I feel like there's not a lot of geographical references later on, like like in, in the records. There was, there's obviously, um, when we talked about, um, oh my God, what's the song? The uh, the here away the West mm-hmm. Texas, and um, you know there's falling asleep on the KLM, but there's not a whole lot of specific location. Oh, I, can't, I can't think of which song it is that it references Pasadena. Is that a okay? I think it's a okay actually. And uh, and you better and uh, better open the door has some Minneapolis references. Minneapolis, yeah, some specific Minneapolis references, yeah. yeah. But like it's it seems like later on he stopped mentioning cities, which is. Fine. I mean, that's whatever. But I, I, I like the mention of debt. Like, uh, uh, picking the right city in the right moment can evoke a lot just by saying, like, in two syllables, you say Denver, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I know a feel. I, I know the feeling of Denver. I, I, I can parse that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's some of the clever the cleverer songwriting that can be done. But maybe maybe it was just like a you know, a pull away from that. I don't even know if it was on purpose. Maybe you didn't even think about it. <laughs> I don't the know. Structure, um, the structure of it, you know, I always like his writing, but another thing I thought about with the lyrics, not, not on the level of the meaning themselves, but just the, 
along with it being a differently sung and composed song is that this lyrical structure itself seems more to me like a traditional song yeah yeah i mean it's i mean it's straight up like the same chorus four mm-hmm. times which seems like a thing that they don't do a whole lot often later it's it's like they change it up a little bit at least but it's, yeah it's, it's chorus verse chorus verse chorus verse and like the the last verse is sort of bridgy but not really but it, it is a little bit more traditional, which, again, makes sense as an, as an earlier song. I do want to talk about that segment right there, though, and it's what we were talking about earlier that leads into that amazing uh, pause. I'm always, I love play on words and delivery of stuff, and this isn't really a play on words. It kind of, it's all the same. She screamed, she screamed, it's all the same. I love the delivery in that. that like, yeah, it's great. You yeah. can just feel the, like, the frustration and the disbelief in, in what's being delivered there. It's just so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the the emotion, like, I, I think there's there's never a song where you don't feel the emotion in, in the vocals, like, from from beginning to end, from, yep, like, yep. from Promenade to Days Will Run Away. I don't think there's a song where you don't <laughs> feel the emotion in Justin's lyrics. Um, so, like, I, that, that's, I mean, like we, like we always say, that's that's one of the strongest things about this band is, is Justin's vocals are just, like, they, even when they're not perfect, they're, like, it just it, it always gives you it always seems to give you the feeling that it wants to be giving you. Um and that's I mean that's yeah, fantastic. I also it's all the same she screamed she screamed is all the same. I, I agree. That's that's really, really like I yeah, I don't know that I call it wordplay, but I like sort of the the reversing of it is mm-hmm. just sort of like a it's also it, it's it's all the same. It's all the same. She screamed, she screamed, it's all the same. Like it's it's the same two phrases five times mm-hmm. which sort of like i i don't know in in some way it evokes the feeling of like i don't even know what to say like i don't yeah. even know what's like there's nothing left in my brain except for it's all the same she screamed it's all the same yeah, like nailed it yeah it's 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 really really clever actually it also kind of reminds me of um the the wanted song glad you came where sort of each like each line in that song ends with the word the next line starts with so it's um Turn the lights down now. Now you take me by the hand. Hand me another drink. Drink it if you can. Um, like it, it sort of gives me that sort of feeling in, in a bit of a way too. We have any other any other miscellaneous thoughts? There's no covers on this one, so <laughs> there's nothing out there for this song because there's actual <laughs> other songs called A Thousand Paper Cranes. So it's it's yeah, real. There's, stuff. there's so many other songs called A Thousand Paper Cranes that are like I. There might be a cover out there. I absolutely could not find one. I saw like one live video and one guy lip syncing, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I found two live videos. I, I I can play a bit of the um, the I, I in the movie the movies album stream. Uh, it's actually it's not even separated. It's just played right after AOK. So I can play a little bit of that here real quick. <laughs> one by the way there's no there's no tony drum along uh like we love to feature sometimes but you can really see tony drumming in the background of this video and there's like there's definitely a lot going on in the drum part yeah there's a lot of movement there for sure uh yeah i mean 
again, like that's one of the the top things we look for in the Motion City song is Tony's drums. <laughs> They're so good. He's so good. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing about the lyrics, and that is actually a misheard lyric <laughs> before. I've known the lyrics for a while now. However, for the longest time, instead of F4 in the morning, I always heard it as have fun at the movies. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Well, I, um, oh man, have we have we talked about Dennis Rodman? Have we, have we, I don't remember if we... <laughs> Uh, is it feel like rain? Yeah, from the falsest smile to the fear of Dennis Rodman <laughs> is the way I've I always heard that lyric until like this year. Like I just never I never went through the effort of looking it looking it up, and then finally I did, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot oh, more sense. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> the thing I was thinking, like I never thought it was the real lyric, but it's always <laughs> in my head from the fear of Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I don't know. I like yours. <laughs> I still like now I ironically sing it that way in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um all right. Well I think that's it. Uh sometimes we get a short show out of this. Uh <laughs> so I mean the song's only like what, two minutes something? Two minutes? Yeah, it's it's a good it's a solid two minutes and twenty seconds or two minutes thirty seconds, depending on the version you're listening to. Um any any final thoughts? Jake, any final thoughts? Uh yeah, this is kind of what I wanted to mention when you were mentioning flipping it between uh, Future Freaks Me Out. Um, the song I was sandwiching between was Bottom Feeder from the Go bonus tracks. Yeah. And yeah. one I've mentioned to you before, I I love Bottom Feeder. Um, and and two, like listen those back to back, they they really sound like that. That it's the same. Justin shouting like the heavy guitar, just that energy. Right. Um, the the. the you right from the start yep. yeah i that combo i really liked and i'm gonna go listen to it as soon as i can after this <laughs> <laughs> mike any final thoughts it's a good song you should listen to it and think of me when you listen to it <laughs> honestly mike i think of you anytime i listen to motion city and that's a Aww. lot i listen to motion city a lot <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Uh, all right, that'll do it then for this episode of Motion City Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Motion City Pod. I'm at Kuhan. Jake is at uh, the Boredom Line, and Mike is at Vegito Ex. That's V E G E T T O E X. If you watch Dragon Ball and you spell it with an I, uh, it makes no sense. There is it's... no I in Vegito. There's no I in Frieza, and there's no I in Team. So, oh my God, no I in Frieza. Listen, I. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but man, I just hate it so much. <laughs> like, anytime I see it. Um, if you want to follow the band, they're at Motion City Music. Justin's at JCPMCS. Uh, Tony at Tony Thaxton. He's got a podcast, Bizarre Albums. That's great, and you should listen to. And uh, I don't know if... I, I, I'm guessing Josh is streaming right now, because he usually is, but he's, it's Chudy on Twitch. It's a bit early. And <laughs> it's a good chance. Uh, you can find the rest of the band in wh- wherever uh, you find... Uh, social media that'll do it for this episode of motion city podcast until next time mike you made me who i am
I don't know. I can't figure out the ending line. I'll just record something in post and cut it together so it sounds good. <laughs> now you're talking like a real podcaster. <laughs>